Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Locker Room Talk Uncut. Drew Garrison, Chad Penrod in the locker room bringing you the latest in sports. Today we're going to touch on the loaded fight card from this past weekend, UFC 249. It did not disappoint, did it, Chad? Justin Gagey knocking out Tony Ferguson in the main event. TKO. I, I think that the UFC has found another star Man, and Justin Gagey. I, because, you know, when this fight was first announced, you know, because... Khabib had to, you know, pull out because of the virus or whatnot. Um, I was like, man, you know, this this sucks. You know, we yeah, you were kind of down on the yeah, you know, I think I was too. You know, especially before the, the you know, the the the, uh, the three week layoff. You know, when it was supposed to happen and it, you know, right. Disney pulled out or whatever, and then three weeks later, you know, the fight happens and gave both fighters a little more time. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I was disappointed in for. You know, I now gauge you twenty two or twenty three and two, um, dude. That dude throws bombs, man. Oh my god, dude! I could not believe the shots he was landing and the power behind him. But also, I couldn't believe how Tony was just eating them, dude, and coming back for more. He, dude, he was just standing in there, getting nailed, and and just and just still coming forward. And Those that, are shots that, you've seen knock people out. From yeah, Gagey. yeah. I mean, that's that's Tony. That's Tony Ferguson in a nutshell, man. That dude's a badass. For someone that, you know, pretty much got the shit kicked out of him that entire fight. Dana didn't disappoint, man. He said it was going to be a good one. And I and I, and I know a lot of people, like, on our Facebook pages we were talking about, they're like, well, because I said I thought it was a great fight. It may be a top five fight that I've ever watched. And people said, well, why? Tony kind of got his ass whooped the whole time. But to me, I'm like, yeah, dude, but he kept taking those fucking shots and coming and coming and coming. Yeah, I mean, but I don't. what I think a lot of people fail to realize is, uh, majority of people, I would say over ninety percent of the people, Justin Gagey knocks them out. And oh yeah, Tony was taking shot after shot and still going forward, and and it just uh, just an amazing fight, an amazing card. Um, we'll we'll go over what you know what we want to happen or what we think is going to happen next. Um, you know, but you know, just kind of going down, you know, the rest of the card there. Um, the the co-main event, uh, Henry Cejudo and Dominic Cruz. Whew. Um, another real good fight. Um, and like I thought, you know, Cejudo comes out on top of there, and then he announces his retirement. Um, I think Henry is thirty-two or thirty-three years old. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that he's not done. You know, he's still pretty much in his prime, and they think that that's a contract. It's a contract boy. thing, and and you know, he's trying to get more money out of the UFC. Yeah, I, I, I just—he's too energetic. He's too, you know, relatively young. I think he's kind of that—that was a big part of him on, on his come up. I think that that's definitely maybe a, a pull for more money rather than him actually retiring. I, I don't—I don't really like him. 
Like I, like, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan either. But he's a fucking bad dude at That's the same dude, time. Man. I was watching the pre-fight, uh, dude. You remember Krispy Kreme, the rapper yeah. from YouTube? He yeah. looks just fucking like him. Um, <laughs> but he was. I don't know. I, just, I didn't really like his attitude, kind of his demeanor. But man, he got in the ring and he was a bad fucking dude. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like I said, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's. There's still fights to be set up with him. I don't. You know, I, I don't know who's next. Maybe. T.J. Dillashaw when he gets back, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, um, you know. But Henry Henry Serhedu uh, he uh, retains the bantam bantam weight belt, um, and then the next big fight on there. And I called this before we Dude. uh before we shit on I think on the last episode I said the Francis and Ganyu in the uh, uh, Rosenstruck fight could could steal the show. Well, Francis and Ganyu knocks out. Knocks the dude out in 20 seconds into the first round. We were watching the fights together all at Austin's house, man, and you said right before it started, you said this is going to be over in like 20 seconds. And I think, yeah, it was 19, 20 <laughs> yeah, seconds, just yeah. knockout. You've Francis, been calling that Francis for a week. Francis and Ganyu, dude, he just – dude, that dude is so strong. And we, we were actually talking while we were all sitting there, and it was actually kind of funny – uh, it was Chris, our good buddy Chris brought up. He said, would you rather take a punch from him or Tyson in his prime? And I still think I'd take the punch from Ngannou. Oh, God, dude. I mean, <laughs> the last person I want to take a uh, hit from is Tyson. Maybe now if you've seen that video. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just kind of getting back into there. You know, you know, people were wondering, you know, what's next with Ngannou? Uh, it, because there's kind of a holdup there at the heavyweight because Stipe, the champion, is going through some injuries and – you know, where it is, it's supposed to be him and DC for the third fight. DC DC won the first one. Stipe went, uh, won the second one. So we're not really sure exactly what's what's going on with the heavyweight. The one thing we know that we actually I actually seen today, John Jones came out and said, "I've proven everything I need to prove at light heavyweight, and I'm going up to heavyweight." Oh so wow! Now, I didn't oh know that. yeah. So now we're about to see some, and he and he actually even said he'll fight in Ganyu. So, oh shit! I I, you know, and I, and he's one of my favorite fighters. I know John's fucking crazy, but when it comes to just straight fighting skills, I, in my opinion, he's the best ever. So damn good. The, the best to ever step into an octagon is John Jones. Uh, but you know, my two favorite fighters, you know, Nate Diaz, Stipe. Obviously, I like Connor. Um, you know, and John Jones. So I, I just, I really can't wait to see, and I think it's going to happen, a matchup between Stipe and John Jones eventually i think that happens one thing that was interesting i think austin told me when we watched the fights too i didn't know about stipe i know he's kind of laying low because of uh the, the pandemic or whatever you would call it but i didn't know that he was he's a he's a first responder he's like a firefighter yeah yeah he's he I had no yeah, idea and he's cleveland so he's uh he's he's in cleveland helping out with you know whatever he can with the virus so it ain't like you know he's backing down or and word it, he came out on twitter and said that you know his management team has had talks with the ufc about um, you know the DC fight. Apparently, that is going to happen. Stipe and uh, Daniel Cormier, three. I'm about tired of DC, man. Uh, yeah, you know, I used to hate DC until he moved up to heavyweight and he stopped trying to just wrestle with people. Yeah, it's and, gotten better. And it's gotten better. Um, yeah. So uh, there's <laughs> that. Um, I was feeling like maybe he saw that fight and he's like, "No, I'm good out here announcing." Yeah. No. Well. I don't think you guys watched it last night. Um, so the UFC had a fight night last night. I, I saw some of the highlights. That shit yeah, was vicious. I watched the entire thing, man. That uh, that fight last night between uh, Smith and, and uh, Glover Texier. I forgot to say his last name. But, man, these guys all have crazy names. They're all from different countries and shit. So it's hard <laughs> to keep up. Um, but, man, what a what a brutal fight, dude. Dude, I've never seen. That was rough. Yeah, Texier just, just wore him out, dude. 
teeth missing and shit, yeah, gashes and legs. two teeth and kind of not to skip around back around here, but go to the you know the fourth uh, fight there on the main card was Jeremy Stevenson and Calvin Cater. Um, Calvin Cater wins that one by uh, TKO, and that's the fight where he hit him with that elbow and left that gash on his head. Yeah, so that's that's the fight I'm talking about here. Yeah, and that was that, and they they said that, that one was going to be a hell of a fight. You know, those two are warriors, man. And then we started off the uh, fight card. Um, Greg Hardy, the the old Dallas Cowboy. I was very. Uh, we'll get into uh, that. Castro, and he wins by a, a by a decision. And Hardy's getting better. I was very very impressed by Greg Hardy. Actually, he, yeah, he looked a lot more comfortable. He looked a lot more technically sound. Like. I think he's been getting by on just freak. I mean, he played in the NFL, so obviously he's a freak athlete. I think he was getting by on a lot of that and a lot of power. But Saturday night, man, he looked very tech, not very, but much more technically sound, like a real fighter, not just an he's athlete. Learning. Out he's there. learning. Yeah, and it was funny. He said, with you know, because obviously there was no fans involved. He said that he could hear Cormier outside of the ring saying maybe where he was doing going wrong or what he should be doing. He said, I actually heard that, and I was listening to it, and he, that helped him in the fight. I thought that was kind of a, a cool aspect as we watched our first live sporting event with without fans. I think that that was kind of cool, too. You know, that's one of the ones that, you know, UFC is just one of the ones where fans isn't really going to bug me, man. I it don't, didn't bother you me don't, much. You don't really have to get too motivated for – you're about to be in a fight. I mean, nothing is gonna else is gonna make your adrenaline rush more than that. Uh, the only time I noticed it was when they walked out, and I thought it was fucking hilarious. Sade, who came out all hyped up, took his hat off and threw it into the stands and shit. And there's nobody <laughs> yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I think those guys just have a ritual, man. Yeah, he's just used to it. Uh, so you know, it brings us up to our our, our next card, or or what's next? You know, so apparently, unfor well, let's say this. Unfortunately, um. Uh, Khabib's father is 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 in a coma, uh, oh, not wow. not looking too good. Um, I don't know if he's going to make it or not. It doesn't it doesn't sound good, you know. But you don't want to say some somebody's not going to make it and they make it. Um, so it looks like it was going to be Gagey and 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 Khabib. Right, Dana said and, that was going to be the right. winner would get that fight. Right, and, and June or July was actually they were in talks, and then this happens with Khabib's father. And now they're saying that it might be Khabib and Gagey in September. Okay. Um, now Conor McGregor went on a fucking ram. Oh boy, ram dude, he went crazy dude, that on was Twitter. Fucking crazy. Um, I mean, he called out everyone. He called out Gagey. He called out Khabib. You name him. And then he says that Conor, Conor, the one that sticks out, the tweet, the tweet that sticks out the most is when Conor said, "See you in July." Um, yeah, yeah, I yes. was wondering. So it, for what it sounds like, what I would do is this, just because Tony Ferguson had everything to lose in that fight. Yes. He could have waited for Khabib and had his title shot. He That's did not have to take the Gagey fight. Kind of what I was wondering. So what I think, and this probably won't happen, and then I'll say what I think is going to happen. So what I would do is I would let Khabib and Gagey fight, and then I would also have Connor and Tony fight. Ooh. And then the two winners versus each other. Because Khabib's this thing. Khabib's willing to take less money to not fight Connor because he don't think Connor deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. He and Khabib wants to fight Gate Khabib wants to fight who he thinks is the best. Now we all think Connor's the still the best, you know, because I think if you put Connor and Gagey in a ring, 
and as well as Gagey can box and as bad as I'd want to see that, I think Connor wins that in, by TKO. Yes. He's somebody who's just going to stand there and swing with Connor. I don't think there's too many people that can sit there and stand with Connor, you know, boxing anyway. Um, but you never know. I mean, Gagey's a bad dude. But that's what I would do. I would do those two, those two fights in the winner's verse. But what I think is going to happen is I think we're going to get the trilogy. I think Ooh. I think come July, well, obviously September, it's Gagey and Khabib. But I think July, I don't think Connor's going to wait. And I think we're going to get Connor and Nate for Number the trilogy. three, baby. Oh, my God. Just, those are so much sense. Those fights are so tough for me because those are two of my favorites. Because I've said before, I like the guys that talk shit, the guys that don't give a fuck. Connor fucking flew to another country to have his dudes back and pull up at Barclays Center. Nate will fucking throw a monster can at you while he's smoking weed in his press conference right. and shit. Like I just, those are the guys that I like in UFC. Sign me all the way up for the trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, who who wouldn't want to see that again? I mean, that the first two were just too crazy good. good. Um. You know, it makes you wonder. You know, where's Connor at? If if you get focused, Connor can Nate can Nate stand there and with Connor. But the thing with Nate is Nate picks up in the later rounds where Connor likes to where where Connor decreases as right. the fight fight goes. You know, so yeah, it, the trilogy's always there. Um, obviously, you got to settle the score. Yeah, I mean, the Masvidal and Usman got to fight. I mean, that's just there's too much there. Those two got to fight before we think about Connor and Masvidal. As much as I'd like to see that too. Um, it just that just makes too much sense, and Masvidal's starting to lose some buzz, man. I mean, if he's not going to get in there, then let's put Colby back in there because Colby and Usman was fantastic. So, well, I I put out a poll on our on our Instagram uh, page here, and and people that probably know a little bit more about this than I do, because I saw Connor, he he took a shot at Khabib, and said, Justin, there's no danger in a man that hugs legs. We all know talking about Khabib. Yeah, and then he said, "Try and dance around what the real threat is here, all you want." Meaning Connor, he said, "I'm going to fucking butcher you, your teeth. I'm going to put them on a fucking necklace. Speak on my skills as a father. You are fucking dead." <laughs> and that was a response to a tweet from Gagey back in September that said, "You're a tool. You have lost everything already. You are a shit human father and husband. Yeah. Fuck you." Yeah, that's one thing you know. And I know these guys are just warriors, man, and you know. These guys have tempers, <laughs> obviously. I just think when you when you start speaking on a man being a father, then yeah, I mean, I I don't think Connor's in the wrong there. No, that's I mean that's crossing the line. But my question to that was, are they hyping enough to where maybe Connor's Gagey's next fight? Does Gagey fight Connor between Khabib, or does he just wait it no, out? No, just because you don't want to do what Tony just did. I mean, everybody's a fighter and they want to fight and the money talks and don't, don't get me wrong. When you fight Conor McGregor, millions come in. So, millions. I mean, he's going to, he'd make more fighting Conor than he would Khabib and Khabib's the champion, you know? So I guess you never want to say never because money definitely talks, um, you know, but uh, that's going to be interesting. These, these, these next couple fights are going to be, be big, especially for the middle, you know, the, that, that class at 170 weight class. So, Props uh, to Dana. Yeah, yeah, man. Dana. The spotlight's all on them right now. Yeah, I mean, Dana just – Dana's a god. He's a sports he's, god, he's dude. Doing. I mean, he does – dude, thousands and thousands of, of virus tests there. And, you know, obviously there was a fighter that did test positive and they, they, pull, they, pull, they pulled the they, yeah, they pulled the fight out and got him out of there immediately and retest. They retested everyone every day. Um, like I said, went through thousands of tests. So, I mean, it's just – 
Dana Dana's amazing man. He's just he, he's just done everything right when it comes to the UFC. Yeah, I and I was worried when that fighter tested positive. I was like, oh shit, dude, they're gonna shut the whole thing down. Yeah. But well, but, they're they're keeping them away from each other. Though, yeah, they, so they're like, well, you know, no one's been around him, so you know, virtual presser type things yeah. that they were doing in isolation. So it worked out. Um, I would be more than happy to get Dana to get the spotlight on him more and more as we go through this and and just put these things on because he's doing doing phenomenal with it. So I'll I'll be very excited to see what comes in the future, man. And I'm getting more and more into it. Like we've all kind of talked about since we started the show, and I'm this shit talking and all that. I'm completely in for it definitely man and you know just to top it off here I, i'm ready to see what dana has in store for us you know on our next pay-per-view ufc uh 250 now this saturday we do have uh overeem and 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 uh i forget his opponent but another big fight this saturday um you know obviously not as big as the last card and this one's going to be free uh you know just just ready man i just shout outs to the ufc man ufc's done it right Absolutely. Drew, we now want to transition over here. UFC, want to go back here to the NFL, man. We posted something on uh, Facebook that just got a lot of attention, and it was all the starting quarterbacks um, going into the season. And there were um, there were six tiers of quarterback. Um, tier one was the best of the best. Tier two was elite quarterbacks. Tier three was franchise quarterbacks. Tier four was quality starters. Tier five was average slash unproven starters. And then tier six was fringe quarterbacks. Um, kind of want to just start up here on the top of the list, and we'll kind of go down the list here of, you know, of the starting quarterbacks. Um, I think we agree. Um, tier one here, they had uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and Russell Wilson. Yeah, no argument there. Yeah, I mean, no no argument there at all. I mean, when you're talking the best of the best um, those are the two guys that come to mind for me. Yeah. Now, here's what I'll say. Um, I mean, are we talking? I think this list is talking right now at this point, going into this season. Yeah. I, you know, I this this so. isn't talking about the past because, I mean, Tom Brady should easily be up there. You know, I mean, he's the goat. Um, could be a you know. Sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, Tom has you know Tom has declined. But dude, he's forty. What forty? Two, 43 years old. Yeah, I think, I think um, he turns 43 during the You know, season. so obviously, and I don't, you know, obviously anybody at this point in time would take Mahomes and, and Wilson over Tom because, well, he's 42, 43 yeah, years old. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I don't think that we would we would disagree. Now, now the second tier, this is who they had on the list, and we'll, we'll go over each tier when it comes. Um, they had Lamar Jackson on there, Drew Brees on there, Aaron Rodgers on there, Deshaun Watson, uh, Carson Wentz, and Dak Prescott <laughs> as tier two elite quarterbacks. Dak, you got to go, dog. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Listen, Lamar, after last year MVP, he should definitely be right there. Yeah, I, 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 I still... I, I'm not going to – yeah, I have my questions about Lamar. I'm yeah. Lamar still can't throw great. I mean, yeah. and you wonder, you know, are they going to figure him out or is he just going to be this just superior athlete that no one can touch? I don't know. Um, Step back. Drew year. Brees, obviously one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Yeah. Um, and then on this two tier of elite, the one, uh, let's see, Aaron Rodgers. So we'll just keep going on the list. Aaron Rodgers, elite. I mean, yeah. let's let's not take it. I mean, come on, the guy overhyped. He, he doesn't have. Elite. He's over. He's overhyped when you mentioned greatest of all time. But he's still an elite quarterback. The yeah, dude. The dude's great. Sure. Deshaun Watson should be on there. He's a he's an elite quarterback. 
Um, Carson Wentz. I don't like Carson Wentz being on being in tier two. I think he's more of a tier three franchise quarterback. He hasn't done. He was having an MVP year before he tore his ACL a few years back, but he hasn't done enough for me to say okay, he's an elite quarterback. I mean, the Eagles won a Super Bowl without him. Yeah, he's a guy. First off, and maybe they've panned out. They needed to get him some damn weapons. Um, yeah, he was having the MVP caliber season. Blew his knee out. Nick Foles comes in. They win a Super Bowl. So it's like he clearly he's not irreplaceable. Right. Um, but I, I, I he's on the. I, I have him kind of right there, teetering between elite and franchise. Um, I think with the injury concerns on him. I would put him down to franchise and not into elite because yeah. when when I evaluate a quarterback, I'm not just talking about numbers and all that. I'm talking about leadership, what availability, how can yeah. you stay on the field. Right. Um, so I would, yeah. Yeah, that's how I am. Everything goes into me, and we have these discussions all the time. And, you know, obviously within our group chat, and we always, me and you, and we're arguing stats always get thrown at us, and we're just not a complete stats, you know. Yeah, it's not, like It's just I understand what they did, and I understand they don't, win championships by themselves but the great ones do i mean look at the look at all the what brady had man and that's my thing with dak yeah he's got like 40 yeah i mean let's go to dak listen i'm with you dak is not a tier two elite quarterback man the word is dak turned down 35 million a year recently and And 105 guaranteed yeah i mean that's that's fucking insane to me to me dak is is a tier four quality starter that's where i have dak dak has done nothing to be to me to say you're an elite quarterback. It's just what the hell's he on this list for? Because he's a fucking Dallas Cowboy. I think that's part of it. And and like I said, his win numbers are good. His passing numbers aren't terrible, but he plays in one of the weakest divisions in history the last few years. It's just been bad. You got the Redskins. How bad have the Giants been? Yeah. The Eagles, you know, they got a ring in there. Um I, I mean, came in behind Romo and one of the best line he made he came in behind the best line in the NFL when he first came in started out with Zeke in the backfield right Uh, great line good receivers great running back I mean solid defense you put him like let's say you put him on Brady's team last year take Dak and put him on the Patriots last year that Brady had right they don't even make the playoffs no like put him on the Bengals last year Maybe he wins them one more game. Maybe they go maybe. three and thirteen. You may, know, I, may, maybe it's. I, I just don't. I, I, if he turned that down, and I'm Jerry Jones, I'm walking away after that. I, yeah, I'd be done. I'm it's, walking away. You know, I was hearing a conversation in the conversation. Where else is so? Say he turns down thirty five million. Who else is going to offer him that? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody in the fucking world. Nobody in the league is going. He won't see that. Jameis Winston couldn't even get twenty million. No shit. And they need to get it figured out because I'm working from home. I get up every morning, turn on ESPN, I watch. Get up. I'm fucking sick about hearing about Dak's contract. It's overkill. But come on, man. What the? You want to set the quarterback market just to have Mahomes beat it twenty minutes later? I mean, what? Even then, I mean. That's the thing. You pay Dak that. Dallas is going to be in trouble for years to come. Years. Mahomes is just a different breed. Yeah. Like we've you said, know, and you I take will Mahomes say this, a blank check. I, yeah, yeah. I would take. I definitely. I'm taking Mahomes a blank check. But let's not let's not say that it's not going to happen because once Mahomes gets a blank check, you're going to lose people. You're you're possibly possibly going to lose maybe a Tyreek Hill. Oh, or, absolutely. You know when he signs that over forty million dollar check, 
you that's that goes towards your salary. That's you know? why and you that's, better make sure yeah. it's a guy that can overcome the losses right. that come with signing the contract. Exactly. I believe Mahomes can. Dak can't. So you pay Dak all that money, and then it comes time to extend your offensive lineman or that new young tight end. What's his name? Bar Barwin, I think maybe that new you know yeah, good Bar- tight yeah, end that they yeah. had. I think it's Barwin. So what happens when it, when you lose those guys and you, you got to cut some of these old linemen and make your cap situation right. work coming into an off season? Then what are you going to do, Dak? Exactly. I, you're not going to fucking bring. Well, he won't care because he'll have his money. But and go fucking six and ten. Yeah. So I mean, I just think he's way too high up on this list. Tier two elite quarterback, no way. And then, which is on this list in tier three, they have the franchise quarterbacks sitting there. Is Tom Brady? I'm definitely Tom Brady's over Dak. Tom Brady's over Wentz. Um, and then also, I'm putting Big Ben up there. Uh, obviously, Big Ben's still an elite quarterback. Now, you know, time will tell this year on Ben. You know, after the surgeries, and you know, he is getting older. Um, the the workouts they're saying he he's doing is is or bad lack thereof. <laughs> yeah or lack thereof um you know but ben is still big ben you know but you got to prove another right otherwise, still yeah. proven otherwise um so want to go down here to the tier three quarterbacks um obviously we mentioned big ben and brady we think they should go up other quarterbacks on that list matt ryan uh matthew stafford uh kyler murray and uh um kirk cousins um, I'm going to actually move a, a, quite a few around here. Obviously, obviously, we said Big Ben and Brady up to Tier 2. Uh, Matt Ryan, I would leave him there. I think Matt Ryan is a yeah. franchise quarterback. Took him to a Super Bowl. Um, Kyler, I'm moving down to a Tier 4 quality starter for now. Yeah, there's not enough on him. Yeah. Um, how many games they win last year? Like four or five? Right. Uh, Stafford, I'm moving Stafford down to, uh, to a quality starter. St- Stafford <laughs> just done nothing to me, man. And like we say... I mean, you aren't stat guys, so other people could very well disagree with this. The dude can't even beat good teams. That's the thing for the stat guys. Look at his record against yeah. winning teams. Yeah, it's, right. Last you, the, I looked, the, it the was stat bad. guys want to throw us. Look at his court. Look at his. Look at his his touchdowns. He doesn't throw many interceptions. Look, look how many he does this and does that. But look come on, wins. look at his wins and then look at wins against quality playoff fucking teams, he, dude. It's bad. I don't believe he's won a playoff game either. He hasn't. No, I don't know. I'm, I I I don't have it in front of me. I, I can. Only, he's been in the league a long time, and he had fucking Megatron. I don't know. I I could. I'm probably wrong here. I can't remember a playoff game they played in. They did. He's, I, I'm, he's yeah, went I'm to sure a couple playoff games. One one against the one against Dallas. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. The real controversial yeah. one. Yeah, but yeah, he he's never won. I, no, I'm not big on Stafford at all. I, I'm not neither. I I I think he's a quality starter. You know if. if He's kind of to me. He's in that. He's in that same boat as a as a Andy Dalton. Like, he's yeah. he's he's good enough to make you not want a quarterback. And I think the same thing about a guy that's on the the franchise quarterback list. I think Cousins could maybe go down a peg. I see, think Cousins I go, is I go a back, shiny I, Andy I go, Dalton. I go back and forth with Cousins. Yeah, but I think he's. I th- you know I, how like a, a Lincoln is like a little bit fancier Ford. Right. <laughs> he's like the Lincoln version of Andy I, Dalton. I, I would probably if if you put a gun to my head and said make a decision. I would probably leave Cousins right there. I mean, he did take out the Saints last year. Um, obviously, he had Dalvin and Stefanski running, you know, with with him on the offense. Yeah, we'll see I just, a lot about him this year. Yeah, I just think that I don't. As of right now, and we said going into this year, I I, I like Cousins right there. I you know I I do think he's. I see why we would put him right there, and I did for years put him right there with the Andy Dalton and with the to me the Matt Staffords and, and the Derek Cars you know of the world. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, I would leave him right there for time B for going into this year for now. But I, but I wouldn't, 
argue with you if you wanted to take him down to a tier four. I wouldn't do it. Right, right. Yeah, that's it's close enough for me. Um, I, I guess that I could leave him there. Um, so now let's go to the the tier four. These are quality starters going in, going into this year. We have Josh Allen, who well we'll say it afterwards. So we have Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, um, Philip Rivers, and Sam Darnold. Um, I, I I like the list. Like I said, I would have Dak and I would have Dak down here. I'd have Kyler down here as well. And Stafford down here as well. Um, I, I that that part of the list doesn't affect me any. I think that Josh Allen is uh, right there now. He could take a big step, you know. I think he, he will. Was, yeah, and he was bad in the playoff game, but as going into this year, right now, yeah, he's a quality starter. Baker, dude, why is Baker getting so much hate? Tim dude, Combs, buddy, <laughs> and not even Tim, not not even just Tim, man. Like, no, he gets a lot. He gets of a lot of hate. He's mouthy, man. I, I think he's it's, in Ohio. Yeah, well, I think it's he's in Ohio. I think Ohio State fans aren't over him planting the flag uh, in the middle of the shoe. Um, but they failed. Like he did have a bad season. Browns fans will admit he had a bad season, but he's had he's played for two seasons. In his first season, he set the rookie touchdown pass record. I mean. Baker's not a bad, but I wouldn't take Baker down off this list. I could see him being put into unproven starters just because it's been two years and he took such a big step back with so many weapons last year. I'm not saying that oh, I would. Oh, team took a step back. Though. Yeah, because their coaching was fucking horrible. It was awful. Um, I personally would probably leave him there, um, but I could see an argument for taking him down because I think this is a big prove-it year. Yeah, We're talking going a, this into is, this, this year. This is a prove-it year, but I, I'm not taking him down off a quality starter. No I would way. also – I would uh, knock Darnold down. Oh, yeah, the one – that's what I was going to say. The one that I would move down here, down here is Darnold. Um, and this is a big year for Darnold, man. It, it, it is uh, a you know, I know he had mono year. last year or, or whatnot and I, I had some injuries. Yeah, he was seeing ghosts and shit. <laughs> uh, but, I, yeah, I would, move, I would move Darnold down here to a Tier 5 average – unproven starter kind of want to get on that list um on here also is a uh, uh, drew lock um I fucking like i like drew lock man i think he's cool as yeah fuck. I, I like drew lock uh daniel jones danny dimes teddy uh, teddy bridgewater uh gardner Minshew, um uh, fitz magic and joe burrow burrow should be tier one best of the best but um <laughs> yeah no so yeah i mean I, I i don't have nothing wrong with that list neither i think that's and I would put Sam Darnold down there with with those guys. I Teddy, you know, obviously he came in and, and ran with the Saints, but now he's got his own team. So we'll see how he does with the Panthers. Gardner, Gardner there. Um, you know, it surprised me that they have Fitz Fitz Magic here and not Tua over Burrow because I think you know Tua could be right there as a average unproven starter as well since he has also not played any games. Uh, Burrow hasn't played a game, you know, so obviously Burrow's going to be right there. I looking at this list. Outside of Fitz Magic, I think it's mostly just unproven more so than average. Yeah. You didn't see a lot out of Locke. You got a year out of Danny Dimes with Eli yeah. breathing down his neck. Teddy started for a little while in Minnesota, but he yeah. was young. And yeah, and, and, the, and I'm with you. You, you can't you can't put these guys up as quality starters when a lot of them hasn't started. Yeah, yeah. And Minshew you know. was you know, he's he's a fucking cool personality, but he was iffy you know, last year, but he was a rookie. Fitzmagic's the only one I think he's been in the league long enough to even yeah. call him average. Like that's why I said, I'd, I, and two is eventually going to start there before that year is over. 
I I I think that he should hold. They should sit him a whole year. But chances are he starts a game. So yeah, you could have put two of there. But really, that's just that's just interesting, unproven young guys outside of Fitzpatrick. I mean, if and if I'm going to do average there, we have one as as a fringe starters here. Tyrod. I mean, I'd put Tyrod in there as an average starter. I just think it's been so long since people have seen Tyrod. Yeah, now. and his last outing with the Browns wasn't good. Um, you know, going to go there those those tier six fringe starters. You know, you got. Obviously, Tyrod. Uh, you got Stidham, the the Pats' new quarterback. You got Dwayne Haskins, who I think deserves to be down there right now. Yeah, as and right then now. you have Mitchell Trubisky, who's probably going to lose his job to Nick Foles, if you ask me. The Stidham thing. What tells you he's a French starter? I, I I think he's unproven. More unproven than than a lot of these. Than guys. a lot of those guys. He. I mean, I think he's just as un unproven as burrow. as burrow i mean yeah you know, no, you're right he played some preseason reps but i don't think i i, I don't no know starts you're just unproven at yeah. this point it don't make you a fringe you know a, a fringe quarterback i you know and, and who even knows how many starts he's going to have there you know brian hoyer and uh, i forget who the hell else they picked up you know one yeah, thing i was thinking guy. about the pats dude, why not go try and get Brissett back that's what i was wondering you know unless you just see him as you don't see him as good enough which you know a lot of teams might not yeah i mean i he didn't he go like three and zero when he started for Brady's suspension or three and one? Shit, I would say the backups for Brady all have a pretty damn good record. Yeah, but they they don't have a great record when they leave. Right. But Brissett right. was, I mean, he was. That's not bad. No, he was a. I think when when Brissett took over for Andrew Luck after Luck retired in August of last year, the Colts' ceiling came down, but yeah. their floor. I don't think really moved that much. I think he was able to have him on the, well, because know, the, now it's the edge a, of the playoff. Which is the craziest thing with, with Luck. Like, he would be in a great spot right now with Indianapolis, man. Oh, God, that line. The, Defense. Pittman there now. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know about Stidham there. But that's, I mean, I, I just don't know what makes him a fringe starter. Um, but I, I, I would, looking at this list, I would switch the tiers. I would have your fringe starters above your – unproven guys but i guess the average i don't i don't know the, the way that list made up is made up isn't how i would have done it but yeah it's, it's a lot of good conversation not, yeah there's it's, it's makes for good conversation there's not a a whole lot i would change i think if i was if i'm looking at it and you said make one move one here it's dak dak is not an elite quarterback i don't know where no. people see that at um that but that's the big one um but yeah i i, I like you know i like doing that you know Taking the quarterbacks and 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 averaging them out and, and seeing where where we would have them. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, we got a good uh, good amount of uh, interaction on our Facebook page from it, man. Some very very good conversation from uh, from our our listeners, our fans, if you would call them. So I I thought that that was a good time, man. And and we've been kind of getting a little bit more active in the conversation stuff, comparing certain things, or, or you know, just kind of interacting with you guys. So we have a good a lot of fun with that. Get us through some of these slow boring days. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we'll be we're gonna keep posting those and, and getting everybody's feedback because that that's the thing, man. We always said that you know the locker room is is for everyone. So absolutely, we want to we want everyone's opinion and and then just debate whether it's in here or whether it's you know on our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram page. And bringing into that, the locker room is for everybody. We have a lot of Bengals and Browns coverage here, but we're gonna bring in. Uh, you've probably seen him commenting on our Facebook page quite a bit, uh, Jim Sayer. And um, we're going to talk some Steelers. He said there's enough Bengals and Browns propaganda going on here. He's going to do some Steelers talk. So, Jim, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I am well. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. Just trying to keep myself entertained while locked up in the house. (laughs) What's up, Jim? How we doing? 
Good, good. All right, yeah, no, good to good to talk to you guys. You know, I've been uh, checking out your your podcast. Although I gotta say, I'm t- typically getting it on delay, um, and uh, and that. But it's uh, yeah, good to talk to you guys. Um, you know, uh, but you know, as I as I told Drew, you guys, you know, you like to talk about the Bengals and the Browns and and all that. And thankfully, we don't have to hear too much about the Ravens. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> But no, no, just, uh, you know, just looking at some things this year, I'm, I'm pretty excited about the Steelers' season, and I know that they've kind of gone under the radar a little bit. They didn't have a first-round pick uh, this year because they, of course, had that Minka Fitzpatrick trade. And so it's kind of funny because, in a, in a sense, Minka is kind of their, their first-round pick. It's hard to go uh, wrong there. Oh, yeah, just amazing. Uh, amazing, and um, there was no, there was nobody anywhere near the orbit of where the Steelers were going to pick that uh, that was going to be anywhere uh, as good as Minka. Yeah, there's not an impact guy to, to play DB for you guys in the draft that you were going to get where you were picking. I don't think that was going to have the impact of no, Minka. No, no, there there was nobody. We we would have had to. I mean, and frankly. I would go so far as to say and be so bold as to say I don't know that there was any defensive back in the draft this year. Um, now, mm, you know, there's you know there were a couple of guys up in the top, but the, you know they would have had the Steelers would have had to tank badly. And I think when Miami made the deal, you know, they made the deal after Ben Roethlisberger went down, right? And I think I think they were thinking. Um, because the Steelers' defense had struggled the first couple of weeks, uh, you know, of the season last year, and, and Ben went down in, of course, the second game, uh, officially. <laughs> uh, apparently, he'd been injured far longer than that. Apparently, uh, but that's another story. But I think the I think the, the Dolphins thought, hey, this is amazing. So if the Steelers are going to give us their first round pick, there's a good chance that that could even be, you know, a top ten. Uh, pick right. And, yeah, uh, at I, the think, time. I, I think that they initially thought with Ben out, why not make that trade? I I thought it was a good trade for both. Uh, you know, I thought it was better for Miami at the time. Um, but as the season went on, you just couldn't argue with how well the get that was for Pittsburgh. I mean, Minka turned the entire defense around, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Well, and part of it, part of it. So part of it was Minka, and that's a fact. But part of it is actually a guy that was kind of unsung a little bit, and that was Steven Nelson. So Steven Nelson was one of those guys. He didn't make some of the splashy plays that Joe Hayden made, but he was actually more difficult to throw on than Hayden. Um, he was he was just outstanding all year long. And, uh, and it, so it was just one of those things that he was kind of a quiet – off-season acquisition, and um, so between getting Minka, getting uh, Stephen Nelson back there with Hayden, it just it, it really just uh, gelled that defense. And it and what it does, of course, is that that gives that extra half second or so where someone like Cam Hayward, someone like T.J. Watt, somebody like Bud Dupree. Uh, and, and then what a lot of people forget is that Stefan Tuitt, before he got injured, 
was an absolute monster. Yeah, he's unsung um, a little bit. Yeah, I don't think that oh. I, I don't I don't think that anybody can argue what the Pittsburgh's what Pittsburgh's defense is going to look like because the defense is loaded. I think what um, the the Steelers' season boils down to this year is how well Big Ben bounces back. Right. Exactly. And so what what the team has done and what the, what they've really chosen to do, they've got some guys like Benny Snell and James Conner who are those are those are bruiser backs. Those are guys that are designed to, you know, wear defenses down and that. They they AFC added North. the kid. Yeah, yeah. They um they added a, a kid from Maryland in the draft. That Anthony McFarland. I love that pick. Um, so they, they added that. They added, uh, of course, their their second round pick, uh, Claypool, out of Notre Dame is. He's huge. <laughs> yeah, he's a big, he's huge. He's a big, big Ben target kind of guy. Right. Well, plus they added Eric Ebron as well, and people kind of have forgotten because um, Juju was hurt part of the year, and then Vance McDonald was also hurt. Um, so they they've had uh, they had some guys that just were kind of dinged up, and it was just difficult. And and so of course when you've got a defense that can stack the box because they have no threat from the undrafted quarterback that was, you know, starting. Or even Mason, Mason really got to be pretty gun-shy uh, there. I can't blame uh, him, man. He took a lot of trauma. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. And uh, so anyway, that, that's to say that it's exciting. Uh, it's exciting with that little asterisk of Ben. If, if Ben is even... Uh, he doesn't need to lead the league in passing again. That's not that's not the idea. In fact, we don't want that. Right? right? We don't want that. But but at the end of the day, if if he can make quick reads, if he can make decisions, if he can make defenses pay when they stack the box, and the and the team can actually uh, manage to score at least twenty points a game, because that was the problem. Right? They were they were averaging, uh, at, you know. They were averaging like 16 points a game. You can't, you can't win in the NFL doing that. Not in today's so, league, right? So they're averaging 16 points a game from the offense. Um, the defense, they had a little bit of a winning streak there. In the defense, you know, we talked about Minka earlier. We talked about Joe Hayden. Those guys were contributing with some timely picks, you know, pick sixes, stuff like that that helped. But that's not going to be sustainable throughout the year. You're yeah, you not going to depend on the defense. Yeah. Hey, uh, anyway. Jim, Jim. Let me tell you what I seen this off season. I I seen I seen them get Ben, and I don't know if it's from seeing you know Duck and 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 uh, Mason Rudolph there, but I watched them get a lot bigger. Um, Eric Ebron, uh, Chase Claypool. Um, you know, and you're getting you're going to get guys back. It's if if I didn't know any better. I would look at the Steelers and be like, they must have been bad in the red zone. Yeah, because yeah. that's why you go get those big receivers, and unless you, unless the, unless they realize, you know, Ben is aging, um, you know, and they don't want him to take as many shots, and they're doing kind of what the Browns are doing with Njoku and, and Hooper, and then they drafted another tight end, and, and they're just going to run a lot of heavy sets, you know, run yeah. the ball, throw it to the tight ends. 
Um, and that's what I see them doing. And I kind of want to talk about that uh, round four pick. Uh, Anthony McFarland is who you're talking about from Maryland. Right. And, and yeah. you know, for our listeners that are going to listen to this episode, there's a game with Anthony McFarland at, at Maryland and against Ohio State. And I was talking to my cousin about this, who's also a big Steelers fan. Go 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 YouTube yeah. Anthony McFarland versus Ohio State, and you will see the best player on the field that day. And really? and he wasn't and he didn't play for Ohio State. He ran no. crazy over Ohio State. And and what's what's crazy about that game? And obviously, if he'd been able to st- sustain that kind of performance, he would have been a top five pick. But. Um, he actually had a bad wheel this last year, and he. Uh, so it's it's kind of like he came to a place where he kind of picked up their offense there at Maryland, and then he uh, he had some some setback. Um, one of the things that uh, you know, at least Steelers fans know this, but um, Mike Tomlin's son plays at Maryland. I did and not so, know. That. Yeah, so Mike Tomlin's son plays at Maryland, and they uh, he's. You know he's pretty familiar with that team. In fact, it was it's interesting because they took they took two Maryland players in the draft this year. Um, and uh, now the one guy is more of a developmental safety. He's a hitter. He he he's not great in pass coverage. Yeah. But Antoine a, Bro- Antoine Brooks wasn't it? Yeah. So, but McFarland, what they've really looked for, and one of the the guys that they haven't really had is that is that. Uh, game breaker that's got the kind of crushing speed and that's really kind of what they're looking to, to have because again with guys like Snell and Connor those are those are guys that are going to wear defense they're going to be you know they're, they're going to be those three yards in a cloud of dust type running back yeah with and that's McFarland, my thing I, yeah. and, and watching the Steelers over years, obviously I watch them very closely. They're my division rival, and as you know, the team I probably dislike the most. But sure, when they sure. had the killer bees rolling, Bell, Ben, and Brown, it seemed like the defense couldn't hold up their end of the bargain. Last year, obviously Ben was out, but the defense was holding it up and the offense couldn't. So they're running right. out of seasons to put all of it together because, I mean, Ben takes right. too many hits. He's not going to be around forever, so – Right. They've really yeah. got to. They've got to get it right here within the next year or two, I'd think, to really put something together to go after. What is it? The seventh Lombardi that that they would get? Yep. Yep. Stairway to seven. Man, I, I, I don't want to see that happen. But what are your thoughts? <laughs> and this is probably the last thing I'll hit on here. Um, I've seen a sure. little bit of this coming in and out. What do you think of the reports that Ben's not really the hardest worker in the off season, and he likes to drink a lot of beer, and and you know he's he's never really been the the take the young quarterback under the wing. I know he's kind of upset when Mason Rudolph went in the third. So, yeah. what's your take on on that kind of image of Ben being put out this off season? Well, if that's news to anybody, then I've got more <laughs> news for you. Yeah, yeah, that shouldn't be news Water to anybody. Water is wet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That has really been said about Ben since the beginning. Um, now, interestingly enough, one of the people that kind of came to Ben's defense in that was um, his old uh, offensive coordinator and current coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, right, Bruce Arians. Um, he said, wait a minute here. Anybody who thinks that Ben doesn't work in the offseason has got another thing coming. And, in fact, it's funny because last year, uh, he actually came in noticeably thinner in that. I think a lot of people 
uh, saw a lot of pictures of him with this great big bushy beard um, and, yeah. and bulky in kind of bulky clothes, and they they thought a certain way. Now Ben is never going to be one of those "my body is my temple" guys like Brady or something. Right. That's not his, and he's not going to be even like a Cam Newton or some of those guys that are going to be on the cover of Men's Fitness or something. <laughs> but that's not his game. But at the end of the day, um, I think he, uh, he, he's going to come in in shape. The big thing is how the Steelers do things. You know, are they going to give him a pitch count? Are they going to, uh, you know, how much, you know, because they really, the last couple of years, they really haven't worked him too much in preseason. But this year, is he really going to need to get a little more in the way of reps? You know, that kind of stuff. So I'll be curious to see how the team how the team works it. But everything coming out of Pittsburgh uh, right now is is that Ben actually is in, is in really good shape. And to add to what Bruce Arians said, Bruce Arians has also said, this will be the first time in probably three years that Ben will not be in pain when he throws. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so that... I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. You know, it's all pre, you know, preseason stuff. You don't know if it's just uh, bluster or if it's just him trying to make a headline. Hey, I, Jim, but, I, Jim, but, I got uh, a, I got a solution for it all, man. For and you know, I'm a Browns fan, so you know, I'm going to give the Pittsburgh some some intel here. How about we just get back to Pittsburgh football, run the ball, and play defense? Yeah, well, and that's the thing, and I think that they would like to do that. With these, with these weapons that they have on the offense, the idea behind that is just to give their backs a chance. Because, again, if backs are able, if, if defenses are able to stack the box like they were last year, the running game can't get going. How um, big of a loss is Ramon Foster? Not a very big one. He was, he, was, uh, he was kind of becoming a bit of a liability last year. He's a great locker room guy. Like he, his leadership in the locker room is good, but on that on that line, they already have guys like DeCastro and Pouncey and Alvo and Nueva, and those guys are all good locker room guys too. So I, I don't think they're going to miss that too bad. But he, you know, he was getting a bit long in the tooth. So you know that that is what it is. But uh, I think it's going to be an exciting year. The AFC North, obviously. Uh, Best know, division in football. The things they're doing. The, the Bengals have Burrow now. Um, the, the Ravens, of course, have the returning MVP of the league. Um, so there's, there's a lot to be excited about in the AFC North. Absolutely, and I, I cannot wait for it, and I hope that it all starts on time, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah don't we all? Yeah, so, hey, man, I appreciate you for calling in. I appreciate you for being one of the few Steelers fans I can have an eloquent back and forth with. Um, and I, I know yeah. you probably deal with some of the same. So we appreciate you yeah. calling in, man. Uh, feel free to call us anytime. Okay, sounds good. Hey, go Blue. Uh, yes, sir, go Blue. We do get along there. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, think we are, I think we, right. are, we are at somewhere like uh, – 3,100 days since the last time I don't Blue beat Ohio State. I don't, 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 don't want to hear any of that shit. Hey, you know, one, thing I, one thing I was going to ask uh, Jim there, uh, it, it came out today. Did you see what uh, uh, Harrison said, uh, James Harrison? Um, he said that, remember the hit he had on, obviously you remember the hit on Colt McCoy. 
Do you remember the head he had on uh, Muhammad Massaqua? Yeah, I do, because the NFL sold pictures of it right after cutting down on head injuries or whatever. Yeah, I do remember that. So it came out today, and James Harrison said after that was done, and this is coming from the player, said Mike Tomlin handed him an envelope, and he said, I won't talk further. Oh, for sure. Yeah, almost like, I don't know why on little pussy-ass Muhammad Massaqua or little pussy-ass Colt McCoy, those guys couldn't even ball. You know, we should have asked Jim that, um, you know, him being the Steelers fan. But, no, man, he made some, he made some valid points, and, and I'm never going to, as much as I, we, we dislike him, we're not going to take away from what we know Pittsburgh can do. And they're, they're, there's a, they're, I would say there's a bigger chance, there's probably a, a bigger chance than not that they are going to be good again this year. Yeah, I mean, they're – you got to assume last year they were one game out of a playoff spot. Yeah. You got to assume that if they had been for one or two more games before he went down, that they would have probably been in that playoff spot. You know, I think that they're dirty as shit. I think they're assholes. I think their coaches let them get away with a lot of shit. But it's hard to to look at that organization and say they don't know what they're doing. They're a pretty well-run organization. So um, they are the, the team that I hate most in sports. They have done a lot of damage to me. That's probably why. But I can't say that, you know, that they're going to just be bottom feeders and, and not be in it because I, I truly expect them to, to be I, – I expect that from them every year. You know, and I, I, I had years of, okay, this is the year they take a step back and they suck really bad, and then they don't. So they've, right. they've proven me wrong. And it's on Ben's shoulders, like, yeah, I, like I said. Uh, like I said, I mean, if you get a chance, go look at that Anthony McFarlane uh, game You'll have to against check that Ohio out. State, dude. He was he's best player on the field. I don't like um, hearing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would disagree with maybe a little bit with Jim there. I, maybe not disagree, but I don't think he's gonna, you're going to see too much of him with Connor. But I do think yeah. maybe he ends up being a replacement just because of the running back position, like and we Connor, always talk about. Connor struggles to stay on the field too, man. He's yeah. got an injury, and I really like Benny uh, Snow coming out of college, but he uh, wasn't too yeah, impressive. Yeah, he, he, he didn't year. impress me last year either. Um, so I think they, I think like he said, maybe he's right. You know, they did get him a change of pace back to someone who, who's a burner. Um, just real quick here, just seeing we scrolling down the the feed here and. Uh, Geno Smith agrees to a one-year deal with uh, the Seattle Seahawks. I haven't seen that name in a while. Um, And just a little bit of Browns news here. I I like seeing this. Um, Baker Mayfield has uh, invited all the receivers and tight ends to come work out with him. Yeah, Burrow's Um, done that as well, uh, too. You love your quarterback. Next week in in Oklahoma. Oh, wow. Um, I'm loving the new Baker this year. You're not seeing seeing any – you know commercials or or this and that. I mean, you're seeing Baylor or Baker being silent, and you're seeing him put in the work, and that's what you want to see out of your quarterback. That, um, like I said, we're not going to look into anything too far of what the Browns do, but those are the things you like to see from your franchise quarterback. Yeah, and and much much happier this off season with Baker. There's not ten thousand commercials and and all that. You know, there was that that little blip on the radar that he got a blowy behind a cheesecake factory or something, but he's quiet. He's trying to get his guys together and work. And he said, you know, there, there's nothing else to talk about. So happy to see that from him. Um, last thing I, I, I wanted to hit on here involving the Browns was um, word came out today um, that in 2018 that the Seahawks – this came from Pro Football. Dude, who, I saw who, that. Who, who, who Coward we, was talking who, about Who it. we talk about a lot. Um, we love him. Um, the word is that the Browns got offered Russell Wilson for the 2018 – number one overall pick why didn't they do it i i, I don't know see i, I want to know more before we really hit on this i want to know more was it just russell wilson for one overall or <laughs> was it was it russell was it 
one overall plus a one plus a one, you know. Right. Was There's got to be more. Right. Was there more? Was it just straight up one overall for Russell Wilson? If so, God damn, the Browns should have jumped on that. I would have given two maybe – Maybe two and then a sec, two ones and then a second for dude. It's Russell fucking Wilson. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree. I but I want to know. There, there's no way it was just that. I don't think so either. Can Seattle's be. not that dumb. I mean, number one's great, but well, well, I wouldn't think the Browns would be that dumb either. Yeah, that that would have had to been a you done take that. Deal. I mean, yeah. you, I know you're a Baker guy, but you, they, fuck, it's Russell. Wilson. Genie pops out of a bottle right now. And says I can make Russell your starter or Baker. You're right, go Russell. Yeah, so I, I would. I don't want to hit. On, we don't want to hit on that too much. But that is that that is out there that that did happen. But I want to know more. You know, was it just on both ends? You know, what what exactly was it? Yeah, that that what was what was the deal? If there was a deal, I saw Coward talk about that on a video, and I thought it was funny because he made a comparison actually to Ben. Since we just got done talking about the Steelers, he said, "You know, the Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph in the third, and what did you hear, Ben?" bitching and moaning publicly. How does that help us win now? Blah, blah, blah. Russell Wilson's third round in trade talks to Cleveland, which at, at the time in 2018, that's probably the worst place you could have got traded. No offense. And you don't hear a word from it. He's just like, oh, yeah. you know, just a quiet dude. But, man, yeah. I, I hope more comes out about that. Because yeah, yeah. Give us something more to talk about. Um, yeah, but, I mean, so that, that's going to be interesting to, to, to find out exactly how that went down. Yeah, and you know, there's not much, uh, not much on the Bengals front really going on. I know that uh, that Burrow wants to get together with with Ross and AJ and guys like that and try to get some work in whenever the situation in the world allows for it. Um, I did see that they they tried to go after Thaddeus Moss, the tight end from LSU, which I'd like to see because I thought they could have at least spent a, a late yeah, pick on him. Yeah, I just the dude went undrafted. Yeah, for a reason. Everybody had seven rounds to pick him. There was a foot fracture just, they found too with much, him. There's just but, too much talk there for me. Uh, I don't care if it's a foot fracture. Like you said, he's worth a sixth or seventh. That's what there. I'm thinking, yeah. If you really want him. He can't block uh, for shit. Yeah, there's though. just there's more there that we don't know, I think. I don't and, know why he didn't go back and, to school. Honestly. You know, and, and, and not that with the, the connection wasn't there last year. It obviously was at LSU. It's just where, I mean, we you know we continuously talk about a guy who might not even make a team. Yeah. so He wasn't drafted for a reason. But that's really the, the the biggest Bengals news there. So not not much to hit on with them as as we're kind of in this dead period between. I, I know they're doing virtual OTAs and installing the offense, but I mean, man, usually by now I could at least have a couple videos of him in Cincinnati making throws to to some receivers. Yeah. I have something to get excited about. So not, not much I th- going. I on I think there. in due time, my friend. I think. I hope so. In due time, I think we're uh, we're we're going to be there. Uh, yeah, hopefully so, man. And like I said, fans, no fans, whatever. Let's just start this NFL season. Let's go. So um, I think that's about all we got for you guys today. Um, thanks for tuning in to us. Uh, always, we'll be active here on, on, on our social media accounts, giving you guys something to talk about, get you through the day. Uh, tune in with us next week. Locker Room Talk Uncut. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.